Hello everyone, my name is Jared Altick and I'm a chaplain with the police department. The Hey Chaplain podcast brings you stories and wisdom about life and law enforcement, giving support and encouragement to those who wear the badge. Today we're joined again by Captain Joe Grisella, who just finished a day of work, walked into my office, took off his tactical vest, turned off his radio and is just now sitting down in front of the microphone here. Hey Joe, how are you? Good chaplain, how are you? I'm doing well. And we've got a great topic today with some audience participation. So let me start with one of my favorite quotes from G.K. Chesterton. It says, a clergyman or a chaplain may be apparently as useless as a cat, but he's also as fascinating, for there must be some strange reason for his existence. (laughs) And if you're confused about what a chaplain is or what a chaplain does, join the crowd. Officers often don't know what a chaplain is for. They they find the chaplain, but they have no idea what to do with the chaplain. You know, it's funny you say that because being with the police department nearly, I don't know, 14, 15 years now, I've never heard of a misunderstanding on a police department before ever. So <laughs> Surprised yes. by that. Yes. That's <laughs> almost perfect, flawless communication that mm-hmm. everyone understands. Yeah, no, yeah there's, exactly. never, there's never a misunderstanding through an email or... <laughs> A text message well, or a phone call. So, Well, chaplains run into the uh, confused puppy look on a lot of police officers' faces. So I got on social media and I asked chaplains from around the country to share some of the misunderstandings that they've run into from police. These are the wrong ideas about chaplains that cops sometimes have. So why don't you read the first one there for us? Yeah, sure. So uh, the first one here is uh, from Chaplain Matt, who said that the chaplain is here to preach at me. Or the chaplain wants to drag me to his church. Yes, yes. That I think that's the the look of stark terror that I see in some <laughs> officers' faces. I think that's what that is. Yep. It's like, oh no, it's a religious person here to to berate me and make me feel guilty and all that kind of thing. And and that really is not the purpose of a chaplain. And and and, and maybe that chaplain is also a minister who strongly feels that he should go out and make converts uh, to his faith and preach the gospel. Yeah, and, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But that's not the role of a chaplain. Chaplains have to have a secular purpose in order to be a part of a government organization. And so, even though an officer can come to a chaplain and ask religious questions. Really, the chaplain is not free to initiate that. Oh wow! Uh, a, a chaplain can't start preaching at you. He can't. He can't even pray at you. <laughs> that has to be. That has to be uh, requested. Uh, oh wow! Before okay. a chaplain can do it. So, in so, your experience, have you um, had much interaction with people of other faiths? And um, has there been chaplain? any? Yeah, as a chaplain, and has there been any? conflict or have you felt that there was um it made it more difficult for you no, no at all? i've never run into that i i've had to explain to people um maybe they were hoping that they'd run in you know they request a chaplain and they're catholic and i'm not catholic and so i'll just explain i'm sorry i'm not catholic i can't perform any mm-hmm. any uh rites of the church or anything like that but I'm understanding. I, I have an awareness right. of what their beliefs are and mm-hmm. whether they're Buddhist or, or Catholic or, or Muslim. And, and I can certainly respect them and sometimes uh, help accommodate them to some degree, depending on what it is they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm maybe a, a little bit more aware of some of those cultural needs and religious needs yeah, I can see than, that. than the average bear. And, and that's something a chaplain ought to be trained in. And I'm not, obviously, a, a pastor trained to uh, in that kind of world, but... Just from my, you know, basic understanding of different religions is 
there definitely seems to be a, a sort of a morality associated with them that often aren't aren't very far apart from each other. You know, there's there's a lot of whether it's um, you know different forms of Christianity or even other religions yeah. and completely different you know belief systems, but. There's always this sort of, you know, treat others the way you like to be treated and be, uh, be wholesome and be, you know, good to others. Yeah, and there's being, a lot of that. Being kind can go a long way. And every chaplain can do that, no matter what faith they come from or even no faith. Uh, any chaplain's able to, to do that. It is helpful to be very aware of different uh, rituals and beliefs around mm. death. Yeah, uh, that, I can see that, that matters, being, mm-hmm. um, and and some it matters more than others. But so, so so a chaplain can be kind of the expert on the ground as far as cross cultural miscommunications and that sort of thing. But um, but like I said, a chaplain has to have a secular purpose in order to be attached to a police department and have it be constitutional. And so so a chaplain is there for wellness. I, I want to help officers be well, and that is a secular purpose. If they also, from that, then want to ask me a religious question, they can do that. But I, I can't, I can't go and just drag them to my church or anything like that. <laughs> you, you, didn't, you didn't become a police chaplain just to increase your numbers. No, of people. And, and really, cops are suspicious people. If you go in as a chaplain with that ulterior motive, this is the crowd that's going to sniff that out. Oh, for I sure. Mean, they're yeah. they're going to see you, and they're going to know this is phony and for an ulterior motive, and they're they're going to see that from a mile away. For sure. So, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got another one here. This one's from Chaplain Ginger, and she wrote in and said that the chaplain is here to convert me. And uh, she actually went on to say that this happened to her personally. She said that uh, she had a Buddhist deputy that thought that she would try to convert them and was afraid to let her ride along with them. Apparently, their unit captain or somebody in charge uh, overruled that person, and then they ended up kind of riding together and sharing stories. And she wrote here that they had a great ride-along and uh, that officer or deputy even bought her lunch. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the experience probably most uh, officers have with a chaplain. A, a well-trained chaplain is not there to berate you, make you feel guilty, push his or her religion on you. They're just somebody who cares about officers. And so if you do a ride-along with a chaplain, odds are you're just going to spend time with someone who really, really cares about you. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be horrible. No, <laughs> so, yeah, not at all. So I imagine it'll be just like that. It'll end up being good friends. You know, I've, I've had an opportunity to uh, have ride-alongs before, and I can, you know, relate to this deputy in that yeah, yeah. regardless of who the ride-along is, it's a lot of fear going into that situation. If, if you don't know the person, obviously right, if you know right. them, that's a different story. Right. But going in with somebody you don't know, maybe you're going in blind and you're like, who am I going to get? I'm going to be trapped with this person for eight hours. You know, yes. are they a mouth breather? Are they going to be like chewing with their mouth open? Are they going to ask me the most random questions? I had a buddy of mine had a, had a ride along one time that like fell asleep in the car. And <laughs> so I may or may not have gotten a photograph of the person like snoring in their car. I'm just like, what is going on here? But I've been very lucky and uh, I've had civilian ride alongs. I've had dispatchers do ride alongs to learn about, you know, what it's like out on the streets. I've had, um, I had a foreign officer from the Hungarian army ride with me one time and he was a hoot. Um, so yeah, it's a great experience. You get to know people. I mean, yeah. some of my closest friends on this police department are people that I've worked together with as a patrolman and riding, you know, together in a car for eight hours at a time, you start learning about people as a training officer, the same thing, you know, riding with somebody regularly for eight hours a day for sometimes months on end. And you really get to know all the the good yeah. things and the maybe not so good, but you know just their little quirks and you know everything that everybody has. So it's it's a good time. 
Excellent, excellent. Like I said, most chaplains are probably harmless and uh, and just care about you. So they're probably safe. That makes sense. Uh, next one here I've got is uh, from Chaplain Craig, and apparently that he had experience with officers that thought that Lutheran pastors are celibate because they wear a collar just like Roman Catholic priests. <laughs> So that one made me chuckle because I'm Catholic myself. So yeah, yeah, I've I've had I've had a similar reaction where where I would be in a like a roll call and just casually mention that I have five children. And I said that one time here not that long ago, and an officer just about fell out of her chair. I think she was convinced that I was you know just assumed I wasn't married, assumed I didn't have children. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, chaplains come in all shapes and sizes, and, and yeah. there's all kinds of different. <laughs> Backgrounds, including yeah. including chaplains who have a family and right. totally understand that dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I could see the uh, I could see that one where they thought maybe that the Lutheran pastor was a Catholic priest based on their dress. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But then yeah, knowing that they're the Lutheran, tab. Yeah, yeah, knowing yeah. that they're Lutheran and then thinking they're celibate just because of the collar that they wear, yeah. that, that made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right, uh, next one here is from Chaplain Dave, and basically. He wrote in that he had heard that the chaplain is a spy for the chief's office, mm. and this one's a hundred percent accurate. I can no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, but uh, but that is the fear uh, for sure. It's an yeah. outsider. It's an outsider, mm-hmm. and uh, most chaplains are older, and so I mean, it's far more likely to have a fifty-five-year-old chaplain than a twenty-five-year-old chaplain, mm. and so they're the age of executive leadership. You just assume, well, oh, that makes sense. I didn't, I didn't even think about and, it that way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I feel it. I'm in my mid 40s and, and I, I have children the same age right. as the new recruits that are coming in as brand new officers. And so, yeah. And so, yeah, I have more in common with some of the more middle management and executive leadership. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Chaplain Craig also wrote kind of along the same lines here that, uh, you know, the chaplain will tell the commander if I'm having problems, basically, you know, exposing or relaying yeah, information yeah. that's provided. And, and again, it, that's not how a chaplain should work. If you if you are sharing something with me about yourself in a kind of counseling sort of conversation, then I have to take that to my grave. I, I don't tell my wife. I don't tell the unit commander. I don't. I don't tell anybody that you have complete confidentiality. Now, a chaplain is still human, and so it is possible, mm. just like with any therapist or your doctor. Your doctor's not supposed to talk about you. Your right. lawyer is not supposed to talk yeah, about legal you. Yeah, legal counsel, yeah. It, it is possible that they will violate that. You would hope they would be very professional and, and the chaplain would, would never talk about yeah. you. But, but that, you know, like with a lot of these, I think part of the concern is that there have been chaplains out there who have failed. And if one chaplain fails, that story is going to get told for years. Well, that's, so, the, that's the case in every profession. I mean, think yeah. about the world that we live in. If one police officer does something inappropriate or Everybody's unethical or illegal, brush, you got it. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I'm guessing that that there have been chaplains who were buddy buddy with the chief. Hmm. Uh, they had breakfast with the mayor. They they hung out with senior leadership, and and that caused suspicion. And then if they shared something with the chaplain, the chaplain talked a little too much. That probably destroyed that trust, right? And so, uh, not all chaplains are like that. But it, like I said, it would only take one bad chaplain. Oh yeah, of course, to, yeah. to create that suspicion. Yeah, that would. I mean, that's and that's just human. Like I, I don't. I think that my understanding, whether you're a Catholic priest or a, a pastor of a different faith or a monk or whatever it is, in you know Buddhism, 
we're all humans and we all fail and make mistakes yeah. at times. And yeah. yeah, it's just part of life, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't, at least from my experience dealing with you, I don't see you as coming out just trying to gather information and intelligence for Perfect. what's going on. No. Right. Well, it is something I've had to wrestle with because as I came into the department, I would see uh, officers and their supervisors and I would see both sides make mistakes and I care about them and I would like the mistakes to be fixed. But what I, what I had was I had really good resources where I had people in the department and people in other departments that I could go to and say, hey, I'm seeing a dynamic here I'm concerned about. Should I say something? And, and I had one, he's a major in another department. He, he, every time I would ask him, he's like, nope, none of your business. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, leaders have failures and, and officers have failures and you need to let them work that out. Don't get involved because hmm. as soon as you as a chaplain get involved and try to help fix something in the department, now you are working for the chief's office and you can't ever be trusted again. Or, or even not so much maybe if it's the, uh, you're coming to a supervisor and saying, hey, I've talked to the guys and they're concerned about this, that, and the other. Now it almost looks like you're taking sides at some point yeah. or interjecting yourself in an inappropriate, not even inappropriate, but what could be perceived as inappropriate or you're being manipulated yep. by somebody else. I could, I could, yep. I could think that as a supervisor. You're, you're better off as a chaplain not to try to get involved in the fixing it part. Uh, you're there to hear them hmm. and to help in in a pastoral kind of way, uh, but you need to let the leaders fix it. So I, I've been wisely counseled to just back off and and wow. let things you know work themselves out. That's got to be tough now. I mean, you know, with being a member and you know of an organization and and having interaction with people and being there and and seeing these things, good, bad, and the ugly. You know, it's just that that full perspective as you're you're getting that right i mean that's yeah. constantly developing and then yeah. to say okay make that conscious decision i'm going to sit back i'm not going to interject myself i'm not going to try and change something that's got to be no. tough yeah let let the sergeant be a bad sergeant that day he or she may just be having a bad day mm. uh their captain and other leadership may be wanting to bring them along slowly and develop them mm. uh, it's not my place to pass judgment just because I saw them on a bad day. Yeah, I'm giving you permission. If I'm ever doing terrible, you can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> or tell me now that you've known this for a long time. Goodness, now I'm self-conscious. All right. <laughs> All right, here. Uh, next one, uh, Chaplain Randy wrote, uh, the primary job of a chaplain is for death notifications. Is that all you guys do? Uh, no, it, it, it's funny. That is actually the reason I got into chaplaincy because I saw death notifications. and I thought, man, that's something I can do. And I mean, I've been doing funerals for 25 years and I thought, boy, that's something I could, I could help with. But there's so much else that a chaplain can and probably should be involved in. And, and I think some departments just don't know what to do with a chaplain. Mm. And so that seems like a safe places, okay, there, someone has to be notified that a loved one has died, we'll send an officer and a chaplain, and maybe that chaplain could be useful somehow. And I think in death notifications, they can be. For uh, sure. And yeah. I, I can tell you, I've seen you as well as other uh, chaplains take control, of, not necessarily take control, but be part of situations <laughs> where um, there's been a death or something traumatic and been able to kind of bring calm and and yeah. and empathize with people or allow them to kind of express their grief or their emotions or their fears or concerns. And by doing that, you've kind of um, lowered the, uh, the air, I guess, you know, made it kind of calm down yeah. and then allow 
the administrative things that have to ha- that have to happen within you know a death in our country. You know, we have to investigate it. We need to you know have somebody take control of the remains. Yeah. You know, we have to make notifications. We have to do all these things. We have to do paperwork, mm-hmm. and just having a chaplain there that can then be sort of that uh, you know liaison or whatever you want to call it yeah. to the grieving family yeah. or friends. Uh, allows the police to do their job more efficiently. And also it kind of, like I said, brings that calm and that, that peace. Yeah. Yeah. When I do a death notification, I take over. I, I ask, you know, the detective or whoever I'm dealing with, you know, for all the information I'll make first contact. Um, I'll break the news to them and then I'll hand it over if they have questions to the detective mm. or, or give them the phone numbers they need to call or whatever it is that it needs to happen. And, and I want to take that burden on instead of having an officer do it. But there's lots of other places chaplains can serve. And, and having a chaplain, you know, in roll call and on ride-alongs and involved in the life of an officer is a way to build rapport so that when that officer has a crisis down the road, he's not being introduced to the helper, you mm-hmm. know, the chaplain, you know, after the crisis has happened. For sure. You, and you I want to build that in advance. And I've, I've heard that multiple times on your show and, you know, listening to it in previous episodes where people are saying, you know, if. When something traumatic happens, let's say an officer is killed in the line of duty or, you know, whatever, something awful. Um, If that's the first time that officer is meeting you as a chaplain, they're not going to, it's not going to mean anything. Not likely. Not most officers are are not going to open up to someone who's a total stranger. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty unusual. Yeah. And 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 that's, you know, I can't speak for all of uh, law enforcement in the world, but I can tell you in my experience, you know, we come up with these like barriers, like these defensive Mm -hmm. barriers that we have to have in order to do our jobs because we're exposed to the... You know, the, the, the worst things you can imagine, honestly. Yeah. And you have to kind of remain professional and strong and build up those barriers. So you're absolutely right. Like we don't just open up to anybody because yeah. we're kind of yeah. trained, we're self-taught, I guess, or from other peers to kind of do that. So it's, yeah, if you've got a police officer in your life and they talk to you, then be proud of that because yeah. they feel comfortable yeah. around you, yeah. which is not the case for everyone. Yeah. And if I, if I were giving advice to maybe some of the smaller departments and, you know, rural sheriff's offices and stuff like that, uh, find a person who can serve as a chaplain and bring them in to the office, you know, bring them in and, and have them interact with people in advance and bring them in once a month or once a week or, or whatever is appropriate to, to the, you know, the rhythm of the life of your department. But, but, involve them and get to know them and have them build rapport early. That way, if something bad happens, that's, that groundwork has already been laid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and whatever, the, and each chaplain has their own set of skills and aptitudes and yeah. interests, you know, but, but bring them in and, and use them as, as it makes sense. And I would also say that, you know, it's not the if, unfortunately, it's the when. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter the size of the agency if you're in Chicago or Los Angeles or New York. Yeah or a Joplin, Missouri, or, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. You could have a five person department and then have something traumatic happen. Yes. So yes. It, it, it doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah. It's the yeah. potential Officers is always there. everywhere deal with critical incidences. Mm-hmm. They deal with health problems. They deal with family problems that will happen. Of course. And so bring your helpers in early. Uh, don't wait till after something happens. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Uh, next one is from uh, Chaplain Craig who wrote, uh, I need to apologize every time I drop an F-bomb in front of the chaplain. 
Yeah. <laughs> there's, you probably, not, there's not enough hours in the day. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you should if you drop an F-bomb in front of everybody. Right. No. Right. No, I, I appreciate what that chaplain wrote. I didn't uh, include everything that he wrote, but he talked about how he actually, he understands that officers need to be rough at times. They mm-hmm. deal with rough stuff. And, and he would worry about them if they didn't, you know, talk with some rough language. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It does not offend me. Uh, I hope people understand. I hope officers understand. Most chaplains are not that delicate. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I've known some some good Lutheran chaplains that could that curse and drink you under the table. <laughs> and so probably Martin Luther himself could probably do that. Yeah. Uh, and so and so d- don't think that, oh, it's a chaplain. We have to be super careful with them. You mm-hmm. know, they're so fragile they might break. A lot of a lot of chaplains are experienced counselors. Uh, they're people who have lived life. A lot of them are former law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hurt them by talking rough. Now, that being said, you should be careful about using abusive language because out on the job, not with the chaplains, but mm-hmm. out on the job, you're going to be dealing with people who are abused. And abusive language has only ever come from abusers in their world. Mm. And so so an officer should be very careful using abusive language yeah. with the public. But I kind of feel like body-worn cameras has reduced that significantly. Yeah. And I, uh, I know it, when it's we... It's at least slowed them down. <laughs> when we, you know, our, our department was transitioning to the use of body-worn cameras, um, I know a lot of us that had been on for a long time prior to were like, oh boy. You know, yeah, like, yeah. and it wasn't so much the... Just from my perspective, it wasn't so much the concern that myself or anyone else would say anything profane or, you know, mean in any way to right. a specific person on a call for service. Yeah. However, 20 seconds later, after I've yes. talked to you and I'm I'm talking to one of my buddies, yeah, yeah, it's flying. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and that you're going to have to guard yourself. Exactly. <laughs> so that was my fear of like, okay, the call, the interaction's over. Let's let's turn these things off because, you know, we all joke and we've talked about it before, but, you know, we've got the gallows humor. We've got that yeah. kind of dark thing. Yeah. And we don't even mean to be disrespectful, but no. I can tell you that when we're letting it loose after, you know, going on that, that death notification call or something like that, it's almost a coping mechanism for yes, us. It is. Exactly. And, um, but I, I can also see that it's not appropriate that I wouldn't, you know, if I had one, a member of my family die, I wouldn't want somebody joking about that either. And at least, you know, to be aware of that. Yeah. So part of maturing is, as a person is recognizing when something is physio- physiologically necessary. If you mm-hmm. step on a Lego in the middle of the night, you're going to yelp in some way. You may use pretty strong language. You yeah. may not. I know I will, but, but you're so. going to yelp. Okay. But, understanding that, okay, I need to cope with what we just went through. And so we're going to tell some jokes that probably wouldn't be appropriate in Mm -hmm. front of everybody. Uh, We're going to use a little bit of rough language. That might be reasonable, but knowing how to then turn that back off again is something that you learn with maturity. And, And I think that an officer can you know, dial that in. And frankly, I think most do because they don't have trouble with gross profanity when they're on the stand in court, Yeah, that's you know, true. and so they know, they know how to turn it off and turn it back on yeah. again most of the time. You know, I was raised and in so. a family with a, with a, a career army officer and then my mom was a school teacher and <laughs> Ooh, those school I, teachers. Yeah. I'm telling you, <laughs> um, but you know, give credit to my mom, <laughs> give credit to my mom. She always, you know, raised me or taught me when I was growing up. I remember her always saying, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but essentially, you know, the use of profanity just shows everybody else your lack of vocabulary. Like you yeah, don't have a yeah. better word in your brain from the dictionary to describe the way you're feeling or what happened. Yeah. So you're just going to throw out some expletive, you yeah. know, that's going to, you know, cover it. Yeah. And, uh, 
I always think of that, you know, when I'm, cause I, I can cuss like a sailor and, uh, <laughs> I'm not proud of that, but it's true. And, um, when I do that, sometimes I catch myself in the back of my mind and go, yeah, I'm kind of showing people that, you know, I'm one kind of crass and number two, uh, maybe, yeah, I don't have a very good vocabulary, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I don't want officers to worry about swearing in front of a chaplain. I would be surprised if there are very many chaplains that will last very long that really have a problem with it. Mm. And so most of them are very understanding. They love police officers. They get it that this is part of handling the stress of the job, uh, that you have to be a rough person to deal with rough things. So what you're saying is they're not actually blushing they just have a sunburn from standing out on the crime scene in the sun for three hours. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm sure that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, God bless them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had officers that, that just, they look mortified because they're swearing a blue streak and they turn around and I've already walked in the room. Gulp. Oh, they, they just die. And mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for them because they don't need to feel that way. They, they really don't, you know? They Maybe it's the, good though that they, they feel like they, they don't want you to have a negative opinion of them, like of who they yeah. are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know I feel that way. If I, if I'm caught saying something uh, profane or whatever around somebody that I didn't intend for them to hear that you instantly just go like, Oh, like they're going to think less of me. Yeah. And maybe, you know, for your perspective, you're saying, don't worry about that. I don't think that way about no, you anyway. No, yeah. no, no. I, well, I, I hope, I hope, chaplains aren't judging that way. I don't think very many of them would, or they wouldn't be in chaplaincy mm-hmm. for me. No, I I'm already sympathetic with with what an officer's going through and and they're swearing and yeah I, I wish they wouldn't swear as much but it doesn't hurt me i just don't want someone else to look badly on mm-hmm. let me reiterate that police officers are not solely to blame for the misunderstanding about what a chaplain is or what a chaplain does chaplains themselves are at least partly to blame for this confusion or at least chaplains as a group Chaplains come with a wide range of experience, wide range of training, and a wide range of familiarity with law enforcement culture, which means that most chaplains are going to make little mistakes and have misunderstandings or something will get lost in translation, and that's going to make the relationship between officers and chaplains a little more difficult. It's unfortunate that a chaplain may get blamed for the misbehavior of other chaplains in other places or even in other decades, but that's what all of law enforcement deals with. What matters is that each of us as individuals act with integrity and respect and speak honestly. And if we do this, no matter what bad image we're trying to overcome, we will be proven right in the long run. Like the old saying goes, wisdom is proven right by her children. If we act right and we're patient, eventually we will create a new definition and a new set of expectations about what a chaplain is and what a chaplain does. If you like what you heard here, please share this episode with a cop or someone who loves a cop. And if you would, take just a few seconds and go to Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods and leave a five-star review and a few kind words. It'll help the algorithms put this podcast in front of more cops and their loved ones. The views expressed here are the personal views of the hosts and our guests and do not necessarily represent the views of any law enforcement agency or its components. Thank you for listening today, and as always, pray for peace in our city.